I want to ask you a question this morning, and I want you to answer it honestly. I, I want you to make sure that you are listening before I ask you this question, because you could really be distracted, I know, and I want you to do the best you can, but I want you to hear me. And the question that I have for you today is having eyes, do you see? Having eyes, do you see? Jesus asked that same question or made a statement referring to that. He said a, a couple of different ways. He said, but, you know, people have eyes, but they don't see, ears, but they don't hear. And I'm asking you this morning, having eyes, do, do you see what is going on around you? Because if, if you can't see what is happening around us, around the whole world, then we really, really have to zero in on this, this book right here, right now. We've got to, folks. I hope that you're not here to verify what I'm about to say. God knows more than anything in this world. I hope you are not here to verify this. You know, a lot of people are, are thinking, I will say it that way, a lot of people are thinking, oh, this is just a bad, this is like when we had, and, and then you fill in the blank, this is like what my great-great-grandparents went through, and so we have all these kind of things we try to associate this with, but there's never been anything like this before. And if, if the people of God or maybe unsafe, if, if you do not have eyes to see what's going on right now, you're going to find yourself in a great dilemma sooner than later because people are, are trying to say, oh, this is not anything, and, I'm, I, and I hate to say this, but this is even in pulpits right now. People are, are so hung up, and I know that our job is to encourage people to a certain degree. But folks, I'm here to tell you this morning under the power of the Holy Ghost that our job is still to proclaim the whole counsel of God. That's why we pray prayers of encouragement. That's why we pray, God, we want needs met. God, show us how we can help us. But I've I got to let you know today that there's people even saying that this has no thing whatsoever to do with the return of the Lord. This is just something, it's not going to look like this. And I hope that there's not anybody that's going to vouch for what I'm saying now, later, because that, that will be a horrible time in your life, the worst. And that is that people will get up one day after Jesus returns for his church and say something, oh, that's not what it was. It, it, that wasn't the rapture. That wasn't the church. That was, that was just... Uh, you know, a lot of people in high, I mean, I don't know. It, it could get real crazy what people will say because every time Jesus has come to the earth or when he came to the earth, I'll say that, people did not, be, the people that should have promoted him are the people that persecuted him. Nobody believed him that was really part of his team should have been all the religious leaders are the ones that put him on the cross. 
Because they said, there's no way this is Jesus. This is not the way God would send his son. And I'm afraid, and I deal with this all the time throughout the week. I'm afraid that so many people are going to explain this away. And I'm even afraid that ministers are going to get caught up in the encouragement. And I've heard it quite a bit this week. And I'm not even going to call names because that's not, that's not relevant. What is relevant is that I think people are so concerned about consoling people and telling people it's going to get better. We're going to make it through this. And, and part of that is true, but part of it is not true. Some people are not going to make it through this. Some people's going to die in their sins. But some people are never going to recover. And I know a lot, oh no, here we go with one of those messages that I knew Opie would just, he wouldn't wait too long before he'd throw one out there. I'm preaching under the anointing of God today, and I don't mean that in a way where I'm lifting me up. I'm telling you God ordained what I'm saying. But he also ordained what would happen to me if I didn't say it. So I'm doing what I'm supposed to do today. And I'm, 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 I'm a watchman on the wall. I don't care if you're not in here. I'm still sitting on the wall. And, and what I want you to understand is there's always going to be people that so politically corrects, that want to be so soothing and make sure we make, that they're going to be speaking in error to a certain degree. And this is a fine line that ministers, including my, beginning with myself, that we've got, we've got to be careful of this because this day right here, God is using for people to spread the gospel, to make his praise glorious, God is doing this. And so this is why I'm asking you, during this coronavirus season that we're living in, having eyes, do you see? Do you see what's going on? I want the virus, and this is where a lot of people is going to get mad if, if you are not hearing what thus saith the Lord instead of what thus says Opie. That is that I want the coronavirus to end right now. I do. My flesh wants it to end. I want people to quit suffering, and all, but people were suffering before that, but it doesn't make this any better. But if it's going to bring to a halt people's thirst for God and search for God, God, use whatever you have to use to get people's attention before it's too late. Because brothers and sisters and friends, this morning I want to tell you that this day we're living in, is a wake-up call for God to allow His ministers and His people to, to shine the light, hold up the light one more time and say, I love you, I sent my son to die for you, and I want you to know this, that there's still room at the cross for you, and this might be the last time that this happens, folks. And I don't think God is going to, for a moment, I, I, I don't think he's going to allow us to celebrate Easter like he did last week, celebrate Easter, and not allow us to celebrate Pentecost in a little over 40 days. I think it's not a coincidence that the coronavirus, out of 12 months out of the year, that we are experiencing it during the Easter season and during 
Well, let me say, during Passover, during Easter, and during Pentecost. I don't believe it for one minute. And people might say, well, you're just, you're, you're just really kind of reaching way far, Opie. You're, you're reaching far. And, and I want to tell you I'm not reaching far today. I don't think God, God knew this was going to happen a thousand years ago, and he put this in place. And so I, I started Wednesday night talking about the promise, and I believe that all messages are important. But for the body of Christ, folks, and do you have your pen and paper, by the way? You remember that request a while ago? You should have it by now. You need to grab it quick because these things that we're about to look at are things that God wants you not only to hear with your ears, but he wants you to write this vision down and make it plain and clear so that whoever reads it will run. The only way I know to do is just quote Habakkuk. Write it. Make it plain. Because you need to do more than just hear it today. Let it fall in the soil, and then that's the end of it. So I want to pray while you are gathering, if you haven't gathered yet. And I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. Father, this is your book right here. You've just commissioned me. You've called me. You've made it a mandate to preach this word. And, Lord, I'm asking you in the name of Jesus, God, just to anoint me. And anoint, anoint us to hear what you're saying today. And God, I rebuke the devourer. I rebuke everything that's going on, God, in the name of Jesus. I pray, God, that you would touch people that are tempted by the enemy. I pray, God, that you would help people to hear what you are saying, not me. I pray, Father, that we would see that this is seed, that it'll, it'll either die, we will let it die in the sun, or it will cause us to grow. And all you do, Lord, let me decrease so you can increase, and I'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to tell you that I believe, because of what I just told you, I believe over the next two months, from now to when we see Pentecost, like May 24th, uh, when it's celebrated, I, I honestly believe this. I do. I believe we could see a mighty outpouring of the Holy Ghost. I believe God is pouring His Spirit out, and I believe if people will see what is happening, see what is going on in our world right now, see what this book says, things would look like, you know, because here's what's so ironic if you believe in that word. And that's the only one I could use right quick. But if you could look back and trace the history of what the church or what would be the church, what the condition, what the town looked like, what the people looked like, the nations looked like prior to Pentecost, if you could look at that and you could, you could get an idea of what that looked like, it would look so much like what we're living in right now. Uh, and it, when the promise came the first time. So I, I'm going to talk to you for just a moment about God's promise that he gave at Pentecost, that they received the promise, but the promise is still intact. It's for today. And so the first thing I want to, this, that I'm going to ask you to jot down, 
you might not need this today, but what you're about to hear and write down, you're going to need this sooner than later, folks. Are you going to need it to tell somebody if you don't need it? And that is that God's promises do not fail. God's promises do not fail. In the book of 1 Kings, chapter 8, verse 56, I want you to write that down, the reference. If you can't write the whole thing, I understand. But I want you to listen to this. Blessed be the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel according to all that he promised. And this is why you need to write it down, this next line. There has not failed one word of all his good promise, which he promised through his servant Moses. Not one word has failed that he promised to his servant Moses. And you know, at Pentecost... This was to Israel. But if you fast forward several hundred years later, the promise of God did not fail then. He said, and you know, I'm repeating a little bit of this, but it's okay from Wednesday night. After he ascended, he said, you need to go. You need to go to Jerusalem, and you need to just wait. You need to tarry. You need to wait for the promise. In fact, Jesus said, it's important, it's urgent, it's expedient for you that I go away because if I don't go away, the comforter will not come. The promise, you can't receive the promise. And folks, the same reason people needed the promise during a chaotic world that was upside down, then is the same reason we still need the promise. And a lot of people say this now. They'll say, well... Uh, you know, they received the promise, so we all have the promise. Yes, when you receive salvation, the Holy Spirit resides in you. You can't be saved without the Holy Spirit. You can't. You've got to, he's a convictor. You've got to be convicted some kind of way. That's through the Holy Spirit. But I'm not talking about, these people knew that. They had the Spirit of God. But they had not been baptized and filled with it. And so that's what God said. He said, that's why he used the terms, poured out I will pour out my spirit Joel 2 21 he said I will pour out my spirit he wouldn't need to pour out his spirit if you had maximum capacity at salvation folks so this is why we in the middle of the coronavirus we need to see what do we need to set our eyes on? What tools? God, what thirst do I need to have for what is going on? Because nobody has an answer. Nobody can control what's going on. That's why atheists are borderline praying to a God they even deny exists right now. Because God is our only hope. And God is our only source. And if we have the promise operating in our lives, then we are able to do the work of God in a great and mighty way. Now, I want to tell you the second thing I want you to write down. And there's only two more short things. God promises not only don't fail, can't fail, but God's promise does not, His promises don't fail, and His promise that I'm talking about does not stop. God's promise does not stop. And this is kind of where we get the title of this promise series we're in, the why part. It's actually found 
in Isaiah chapter 2, 32 rather, and I'm backing up verse 3, 4, and 15 because the promise was not just a one-time thing mentioned by the prophet Joel. It wasn't just mentioned by Jesus Christ, but it was also mentioned by Isaiah in the 32nd chapter. You ought to read this whole chapter uh, later on today, not but about 16, 17 verses, I believe, and you need to read it out of one or two different translations so you can hear every single thing that you may overlook if you just stick to one translation. I'm only going to give you three verses. And this is not only a, a great word for now, but this applies to the return of Christ. And later, God's promise of pouring out His Spirit does not stop, folks. Listen. He said, the eyes of those who will not see, who see will not be dim." And the ears of those who hear will listen. Verse 4 says, Also the heart of the rash will understand knowledge, and the tongue of the stammerers will be ready to speak plainly. But if you jump down to verse 15, it says, Until the Spirit is poured upon us from on high, and the wilderness becomes a fruitful field, and the fruitful field is counted as a forest. So the Spirit, the pouring out by God, the promise of God, it's not stopping, folks. Even when the Lord returns on His people, His people Israel, God will still pour out His Spirit on those people. And I want to tell you today that the second thing that I've asked you to write down, God's promise does not stop is the why question is answered in the 15th chapter of John. And if you don't get anything else, please get this. I'm asking you to get this. This is critical. But when the helper comes, listen, folks, when the helper comes, this is what Jesus said. This is why he said it's, it's, it's crucial. It's urgent. It's expedient. He said, because when the helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, He will testify of me. The why that I'm telling you about that needs to happen, the why is because when people receive the promise, when we say, God, during this time when I'm bound at my home and I can't really go anywhere, Lord, I want to seek you while you may be found. Lord, I always thought that I had to be in some type of revival for you to fill me, or I had to be in an altar call. God, I don't want to be filled. I want to receive the promise right now. And why do you need to receive the promise? Because when you receive the promise, he through you will testify of God. Now, we know, folks, if we're honest with ourselves, starting with me, we haven't been testifying of God. We've been talking about how short people are in toilet paper. We've been talking about other things that do with money and economy and news and rumors. We've, been, we've talked about all these other things, but we haven't been testifying. And when a person doesn't testify of the Lord Jesus Christ on a regular basis, 
There's a promise problem right there. Not on God's part. There's a promise problem. And, and see, a lot of us, and I keep repeating these things, and I know I do, but we act like it's a bad weather forecast. It's going to get bad. It's going to blow over, and we're going to go back to, to normal life. And that would, be, that would be so bad to all these people who have died. That would be even worse to God that sent his son so that we could have the hope inside of us that we could testify of him. We don't need to let this virus just be in vain. There's too much at stake here. There's too much going on. When you receive the promise, you will testify of him. Jesus said, this is why I'm going so you can be filled. Not just so people can speak in tongues or, or brag and say, I've got this experience under my belt. No, the reason Jesus said it in the 15th chapter of John, what I just read, is because you, when you have him inside of you, he will testify. This is why later on the Lord himself said, you're going to stand before people at some time. They're going to bring you before rulers and judges and, and all these people. And you don't even need to worry, hallelujah, about what you will say because it won't you just be there because it won't be you speaking. It will be him, the Spirit, speaking through you. And when you are baptized in the Holy Ghost and you have the promise of God, he will testify through you and you won't even have to explain it. It will just happen, folks. So this is why we've got to seek God while he may be found because people, more than they need a stimulus check, more than they need their job to open back up, more than they even need physical healing, people need to hear Jesus Christ because I'm telling you, I believe the rapture could get people before the virus gets people. And this is why the church needs to be on alert on high alert, red alert, whatever you want to say, we need to understand the day that we're living in right now. This is not just something that's going to just pass us by that we can talk about like we do 9-11. Oh, this is the 10-year anniversary. We're coming up on the, the 20th year anniversary. No, and all that was, that was bad, and we do. We think about all these things, all the wars, all the things that's happened. But I'm telling you that we are in a prophetic time like we've never seen before, and God is doing a work outside of the church, and that means... You don't need to leave it up to streaming, brother. You don't need to leave it up to streaming, sister. You need to do all you can. This is why I ran and rave about sharing, about calling, about praying, about fasting, about Unite 714. You need to be shaking the bushes. You may never sit in this church again. I may never preach to you personally. And this is why we've got to suit up. We've got to put on the whole armor of God. We've got to walk around filled with the Spirit of God so that we can testify of Him. That's where you are. Having eyes, do you see this? Because this is what will go down one day. God's going to say, I, 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 you know, and I hope you're receiving this today. I really do. I, I really do. God's going to say, well, you know, I even allowed you to get to a place where you couldn't go anywhere. I mean, I got you as confined as I could get you without putting you in a straitjacket so that you could hear what I wanted done. Now, you tell me every day of your life, when you call it prayer, what you want done. I've told you through my word, through my servant, 
even through my spirit, I've told you many times what I want. And I got you in a place where you couldn't do anything, and you still didn't do that. You don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. This is why I'm doing all I can, folks. I'm not just depending on preaching on Sunday morning. I, I, I want to do what I can when I'm interacting any kind of way. And I don't care if it's no more than a phone or a computer. We've got to allow the Spirit of God to testify or people that's sitting beside you right now is going to go to hell. And I love you and them and my Savior enough to tell you that. We've got to do something. We've got to. We've got to have eyes and see. We've got eyes, but we don't see. We've got ears, but we don't hear. And God, in any moment, any moment the trumpet could sound, folks. This is why I'm disturbed. I get disturbed, and I, and I don't want to tell you. Do you want to know what followers and believers look like prior to receiving the promise like they did then? There's three things. Three things that they looked like prior to the promise. Scared, spineless, and speechless. That's what they looked like. Jesus was crucified. And those people that passed out fish, watched the dead come back to life. Even Peter was granted to walk on water with Jesus. All of these things. But you know what happened after he died. You do. Scared, spineless, and speechless. See, you can be a Christian. And I'm telling you, there's not there's just a couple of people in this place. But I feel the Holy Ghost all in this room. You can be a Christian your whole life. And... In a spiritual way, hell looks at you and say, well, they're a Christian, but they're just scared, spineless, and speechless. That, that's the label I wear. I mean, it's not on my clothing. And nobody calls me that, but that's what hell says. That's what hell says. They see somebody that's scared, that's spineless. And they're speechless. Well, I don't want to offend anybody. Well, you, you, you're too late on that, friend. You know who's already been offended? The King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's already been offended. I, I don't want to embarrass my children, or I don't want to embarrass my friends, or I don't want... We go through all this stuff. Listen to me. Somebody's going to be in hell one day because somebody didn't want to offend somebody because they were scared, they were spineless, and they were speechless, so they didn't say anything. I went through a season one time when I went through hurt, don't want to get into that. But this is, this, uh, this is why I hate this statement. Well, I didn't know what to say or we didn't know what to say, so we didn't say anything. Oh, yeah, you did too. Your mouth might not have opened, but you did say something. And so, see, this is, what, this is where we are. Having eyes, do you see the why? Why did the promise come? And see, here's the good news. I'm praying, I'm praying in the name of Jesus between now and toward the end of May that the power of God, hallelujah, that it invades living rooms because you're not going to be in here, you see. That it'll get you on the way to work. Oh, my God, I pray that God just rains and pours himself out. You're, you're raking leaves in the yard or, or, or whatever, cutting grass. 
and God pours it out. I'm Hallelujah, in the name of Jesus, I'm believing this. I'm praying God between now, he let us see an Easter through this because the church has got to be filled. You hear me now. The church has got to be filled with the Holy Ghost. You've got to. Are you going to remain scared, spineless, and speechless? If I could go back in time to the story. And see, that's not the bad news because the good news outweighs the bad news. But the Bible tells us what it looks like. It says one night after Jesus was arrested, that this little servant girl was around the campfire and Peter was there. And you know, Peter was the one that said, I'll never leave. Oh, I'll die with you. He had already began to just lie about knowing Jesus. But it got to the moment when they were carrying Jesus off and the girl asked him one, she said, wait a minute. You look familiar to me. She said, wasn't you with him? Weren't you following? Wasn't you one of his followers, one of his disciples? And the Bible says by the third time, he began to rant and to rave. And when he did this, the Bible said that the rooster crowed. And at that time, the third time after he denied, that rooster had made his morning sound that he always makes. And Jesus looked back, and when this happened, everything just seemed to stop. And the Bible says that Peter knew the words. He remembered the words of the Lord. And he went out, and he wept bitterly. And he locked eyes. If he didn't do it physically, in his heart, he locked eyes with the Savior that told him what would happen. And they carried my Lord and Savior away. And the Bible says that Peter went out and wept bitterly. Stop. This is where we are, folks. I want you to look at me. This is where so many of you are right now. You are watching Jesus. High in demand all over this earth. People are looking for Jesus. They're, and you know him. You know him. You know him. You know Jesus. You knew him when your child was sick. You knew him when you didn't have money to buy groceries. You knew him because you called on him. But now you're in the middle of a pandemic. And, and, and now... I don't know him. Oh, I don't know him. I don't know him. Oh, no, I don't know him. I don't want to upset people. I don't want people to get mad. I don't want people to get angry with me. I don't want to do anything that's going to cause me trouble. And folks, listen, listen today. God wants you to understand this. That if you don't have a moment... And do the two things that Peter did. You're never going to leave that situation. You're never going to leave that situation of being a Christian that is scared, spineless, and speechless.
not going to tell you. It's the preacher's job. It's the evangelism team's job. It's everybody else's job. There's Christian TV. There's Bible verses. People get it. Nope, nope, nope. It's your job. It's my job. And what do you have to do? Like Peter. This is what we must do. The first thing you've got to do, you've got to weep bitterly. You've got to weep. You've got to weep bitterly. Father, it's not my brother. It's not my sister. It's not the people in Washington. It's me, Lord. I'm the one that's in need of prayer. I'm the one, Father. I'm in need of prayer. I've been spineless. I've been speechless. I, I, I stay scared. I stay scared, Lord. And I need that promise to be poured out in my life, I receive it, God, because I don't want to be the cause of somebody going to hell because I was just scared. I was spineless. I was speechless. And the second thing Peter did after he wept, see, we don't want to repent, but I just don't believe for one minute that it is coincidental that the prayer we are praying about our land being healed requires first for the people of God to repent. When's the last time you've repented? Well, I, I hadn't drank anything in five years. I don't care when you drank something. I don't care when you did whatever you didn't do. When's the last time you've realized that you have stifled the power of God from you testifying, Him testifying through you? I, don't, I wasn't raised that way, Opie. See, you were raised that way. You went to a school where they talked about it. and you, They don't have anything to do with that. Do you know the people that received the promise of God on the day of Pentecost, they were, they were said they were ignorant, they were unlearned, they were people, but they were speaking in over 120 different languages. And, and, and carnal, worldly people from those nations vouched for that. It doesn't matter about what you do, what you know, the way you were raised. It's what my God wants to do in your life. He wants to fill you so that you will be full of a spirit that will testify of Him. And Peter wept, and then the second thing he did, he went and did what Jesus said to do. He waited. I've been waiting, man. I'm ready to get back to work. I'm ready to get to the beach. I'm ready to go somewhere. I just want to go somewhere for the day. I'm re I'm, I'm, I've just been waiting. I've been waiting on them to lift a band. All of that's carnal, folks. I'm sorry it's as carnal as it can be. There's a great commission in front of us. There's a great work right in front of us. And God wants to do it. You know, so many people didn't have a problem from the minute it was mentioned until now waiting on a stimulus check. You waited. You already had it planned out what you were going to do. You waited on a stimulus check. What God wanted me to ask you today, and without getting me out of that shot, I want you to get as close as you can to this shiny reflective forehead. And I want to ask you today, and I'm not trying to be funny, 
But I want to, if I could look you in the eyes, I'm going to ask you right now. Are you willing to wait on the stimulus promise? Because I'm telling you in the name of Jesus, when that promise comes, you're not going to be scared anymore. You're not going to be spineless anymore. You're not going to be speechless anymore. You keep reading Acts 2. You see how that coward at that fire turned into a flamethrower for Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, hallelujah, in the name of Jesus, if you will allow God to fill you with the Holy Ghost and say, God, I don't understand it. I don't know about it. I think it's weird. I think it's crazy. I think I'm going to turn into a moron. You can do all that, but I want it, God, because I want to be what you want me to be. And the promise is still being poured out. God wants to do that today, and I'm going to ask you to close your eyes and do not fudge on this. Close your eyes. Just because you are at home or in your yard or wherever you are does not exempt you from being reverent to God because that's who we're talking with right now. So I'm asking you to close your eyes. Father in heaven, in the name of Jesus, I'm asking you, Lord, that you would do a great and mighty work in the life of every person that just heard your word, your truth. I pray, and Lord, God, this is so critical right now. We need to be walking around full of your power and your spirit. Lord, we need to be so bold, but yet compassionate. We need to be so humble, Lord, but but seeking you while you may be found, Father. And I know the devil, Lord, is working on people to try to get them distracted right now. And I rebuke him in every home, every location, in the name of Jesus. All over the world, wherever people are listening, God, in the name of Jesus. I pray against him, and I pray, hallelujah, that the Spirit of God, Lord, you would pour your, show yourself strong, Lord, in behalf of your people. Father, and I know that the great revival, the, the, the awakening, Lord, that I know is happening right now. And, Lord, we may see things we never thought we would see outside of the four walls of a sanctuary over the next several weeks. I pray it. I ask it in the name of Jesus, God. And I pray, Lord, that we would just seek you right now. Hallelujah, God. Seek you right now. Father, I give you praise, and I pray, Lord, let hearts, God, be open to what you are saying, what you're doing, and the day. Let eyes, Lord, having eyes, let people see more than the economy, more than the condition of the world. Lord, let people have spiritual eyes to see what's happening. Father, so that your name can be glorified and people can testify of you before it's too late. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Hallelujah. Amen and amen.